I'm Bill Frith, and I'm Hood to Coast's original old crazy runner, but not as old as Jeff Boley. everybody to another episode of Old Crazy Runners. I am Nicholas, the oldest of the Old Crazy Runners, and joining me, as always, my crazy cousin, Fundy, the craziest one. And we've got a crazy one for you today, founder of the Hood to Coast Century Club, Bill Frith. I know you had to think about how to say that last name every time you say it. Oh, I go it. back and forth. I go, well, I, it's I, Colin I Firth's well. problem. That's, it's his fault. Well, all I got to say is I had a great time talking with Bill, and I am looking forward to this conversation, and I know all of you will love hearing from him as well. Be sure to rate and review the podcast, and even more importantly, tell all of your old crazy friends, and I know if you're listening to this podcast, those are the only friends you have. Well, and you might want to spread the word just a little bit because uh, we're going to be focusing a little bit on Hood to Coast this episode, and in particular, we have some old crazy runner Midwest chapter president and secretary and treasurer. I don't know, but they're coming out. They're going to join us. And you know what? Maybe you could run in our vans as well. We will have some openings next year, possibly. Uh, prop, you know, somebody might die this year. Who knows? They got, might really? get lost. We don't know what's going on. Anything can happen. Let's, 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 let's hope it's not death, though. Anything. Let's death. hope it's not death. But any, there's been concussions. There's been injuries. Um, we have found out where the only tavern is along the course, so we might just lose somebody. We might just go to the Cav Tavern and start drinking and say, see you guys later. I think that is at the exchange where I get my last handoff. Damn it. It'd be a good spot. It we'll would see. be a good spot. Also, drop by Strava. Join the Old Crazy Runners podcast run club. It's a great group. If you're not inspired to get out and go running on your own, this group will get you to get out there. So this week, Mark Scott, a local uh, Hood to Coast buddy in the one-day relays who loves to run with no shirt on, did 16,500 feet of vert, which is half of Everest, in one single week. I was paying attention to his last several runs, and he is on a mission for something. I don't know what it is, but he is heading out to Tillamook and out into the gorge and he's doing 20 milers. It's crazy, crazy. And hats off to him because somehow he gets through it without having just scratches of blackberry bushes all over his <laughs> barren chest. I know what his mission is. His mission is to make us feel bad. <laughs> we got to have a mission uh, of, of getting everybody to learn how to drink more beer. That's a good mission. That's a good mission. I have a slight segue. Uh, I was inspired. This is a bit of a story. We were moving Joe down to college, moving into his own place, and we had some frozen food that he had purchased at Costco. So I threw it into the little cubby freezer in the van fridge thinking that it's probably not going to stay frozen, but it'll keep it a little bit colder before, you know, it's a two hour drive. When I got down there, that little van fridge freezer had those things just solid chunk frozen. So with the heat coming in the afternoon runs, I am going to stock the fridge with old school popsicles for us to have after a hot run. 
First of all, I want to let everybody out there know that this quote unquote hot run that Bundy is really focused on is not going to be that bad. It's really but not. But still, it's not. Well, it was supposed to be in the mid-90s, and it keeps getting cool. It's only going to be low 80s, but it's still going to be hot. And when you do a hot run, a little popsicle afterwards, that's going to be good. The popsicle part, I'm, all, I'm 100% on board with. That's, that's awesome. I am a huge fan of the old root beer flavor, popsicles. Okay, I'm going to stick with, uh, I'm thinking sticking with like your orange, lemon, lime milieu for Hood to Coast. Root beer might be a little heavy. Well, I, right, you're, you're not going to have a running. choice, are you? I mean, they, they come, it's, it's, uh, it's lemon lime, it's root beer. One of my all-time favorites, the banana. The banana flavor. Ooh, the banana no. is good. It's yeah. good. You know who's not going to have a choice? You, because you're in the wrong fucking van. You just keep an eye on your van <laughs> at one of those major exchanges. I might just empty out your refrigerator. Uh, you might do that. Actually, I, you have to remind me. I'm going to pull it. I found in the office freezer somebody left one of my mom's chocolate chip ice cream cookies and i'm going to put it in the freezer for you and save it that is one of the most glorious things i've ever heard ever and i i know and i'm torn with that answer because first of all i'm salivating right now just thinking about it <laughs> and second who the fuck left that behind i don't I, know who, 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 i don't who, know who is that i don't know whether to thank them or fire them I know that I'm, t- I'm just exactly. I'm just like, oh my god. Ah, oh. okay. Well, I promise this. I will leave all your popsicles alone. <laughs> Go straight to the ice cream cookie, and then even swap with the ice cream cookie. Um, bigger. Oh man, I you know I, I I love it either way. I just wish it would have been the the peanut butter because that is the the granddaddy. Oh, the of peanut butter is the best. Yeah, your mom's peanut yeah. butter ice cream cookies. I don't know how. Okay, first of all, making a chewy peanut butter cookie is a challenge yeah. making it chewy yeah. when it's frozen around ice cream. It's magical. It is magical. It's magic. There's no other way to magic. describe it. Exactly. Your mom's magic. Oh, oh I can't God. wait for that. That just made my day. Yeah. Imagine, imagine if my mom made like 200 of those and sold them for like $15 a piece at a fish concert. Oh, <laughs> she would make so much money. Fish concert at the Gorge. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Line up for days. Days. Sell out. Oh, man. You, you, you want to ever, you want to see people at fish concerts, which you were certain fisticuffs would never happen? Yeah. That'll happen. The person that gets the 200th one? Yeah. Better be ready oh, for a brawl, my friend. Oh, man. Okay, so another segue with food. So this is something, it's a viral video going around, and basically, this is everybody's reaction. First reaction is, that is disgusting. Second reaction is, this guy might be a fucking genius. So there's a guy that is at uh, a Major League Baseball game with a beer and a hot dog, and he takes the hot dog meat out of the bun and uses a straw to basically burrow a hole in his hot dog and then he sticks his hot dog in his beer and uses it as a straw so he gets like a, a salty beer dog sip. All right, so many questions. First of all, do, know. You, do you know what know. game this was? I mean, it's got to no. be in the southeast. There's well, no so, way that was not in Mississippi. Well, Maybe well, Texas. It's, it's got to be St. Louis. 
I mean, it might be it might be one of our members. Is that really what the Nelly is sucking a Budweiser <laughs> through a straw, a beer, a, a hot dog straw, a meat straw? <laughs> so um, nobody knows. Everybody is like, "That's disgusting," but maybe he's the most genius person in the world. We don't know. I'm gonna go with disgusting. I, okay. I mean, first of all, where did he get the straw? I mean, you ordered a beer. You got a straw with your beer. That's wrong. Did you bring it with you? How did he bore the hole? I don't know. With the straw. He bored the hole with the straw into the meat. What do you do with the meat that's in the straw? Do you just like blow that out at somebody? I don't know. So that's the thing is there are no answers. Like it was just a video of this guy on a cell phone taken from like 15 feet away. And that's it. You have a 15 second clip of what happens, and that is all the information you have, done, end of story. You are, all you are left with is questions. So you've seen the clip? I've seen the clip, and I'm still okay. undecided. I, I, I have questions I know you can answer. First of all, in the clip, yes. is the hot dog already pre-bored, or is that no, part he of bores, the clip? No, that he, is part of the clip. He bores he it with the rooters, straw. Rooters yeah, the yeah, he straw. rooters it around. One half, and then he flips it over and rooters the other half because I don't think he could get it all the way through with the straw. Okay, first of all, he's done that before. Lack of rigidity. Oh, oh, this guy has done it a million times. He was fast. He was Johnny on the spot, man. It was it was like twelve seconds done. All right, so he he, then he sticks the beer the 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 hot dog in the beer. Yep. Drink and, and and just sipping on it. He's just sipping. He's taking his time. He's watching the game. Oh my god! And it's like a it's like a dad. He's like fifty years old. Oh yes, without question. <laughs> he was either just turned twenty one, yeah, or at least fifty. Yep. And if he was twenty one, he's you know still in that shape. If he's over fifty, he's resting the beer on his belly. Uh, no, not a super big dude. Really? Yeah, not Shocker. a super big guy. Shocker. Um, All right. Not in shape. But you know, not a stupid big dude. And round is a shit. I have a feeling he's been doing this for at least a couple decades. I, I feel like this is just his go-to. He's like, this is what I do at a game. Fuck it. I bet if you went to a game <laughs> with that guy and went to the concession stand, he would be like, no, 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 no. That's the wrong hot dog. That's got all the fucking shit in, and it clogs the straw. No. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> just, no. No. You want you this hot get dog? Get your Oscar Mayer, straight up weenie. That's all we need. <laughs> That's all we need. All right, I'm uh, I'm disgusted. I I don't I don't want to try it. I don't want to watch somebody try it. <laughs> I guarantee done. I guarantee you the entire Midwest crew is on board <laughs> to try uh, it. I think I'd rather watch two girls in a cup than a guy <laughs> drink beer through a hot dog straw. I mean, and that's oh my God. that's pushing it. You've got some interesting topics out there today. What else? <laughs> what else do you have in your pocket? Okay, my last one is when will people stop spending money? On doing fucking stupid studies. Never. So, Runner's World magazine has this article. Huge, massive study was done. Shockingly, regular exercise helps you live longer. Can't we just put this okay, to bed? Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> yes, we see, can. No, we cannot because there it's are too done. many people out there that think that that's not true. That's the problem. Well, at, it's this not, point, it's, at this point, if you don't think it's true, we can't help you. oh yeah i i I see your point i see your point if if and i'm not saying that so here's here's my proposal is we stop spending money on the studies and we just take the old study 
and we write a new article on the web, which costs like 200 bucks to pay the writer. We're done. It is, it's, it, it's mostly sad because it is one of the simplest things and one of the best things that you can do for yourself. Even, yeah, even both if physically, it's just, mentally, everything. Yeah. I just, just move, get up, get out. <laughs> Go do something, yep. move. If you're so inclined, move a little faster. We call that running. Yep. There is no such yep. thing as jogging. Yeah. Oh, either- I did see an interesting information on weight loss. All right. So one of the things, you know, a lot of people have trouble losing weight. Uh, there's a lot, of re- a lot of stuff goes into it. Obviously, you've got exercise, you've got food, whatever. Um, so two things that are often overlooked with, with weight loss. One is getting enough sleep. You can do right. everything right. And if you're not getting a good night's sleep, you're not going to lose weight because your body's just freaking out. And then number two, uh, I forget the word they used. Uh, was it tertiary beer straw? movement? No. <laughs> beer straw. It was uh, some word with a T, tertiary movement or something like that. Basically, like imagine the old grandma that's just always puttering around the house. Never sitting now, just always puttering, right? right? So that constant movement, puttering, you're not exercising, you're just moving around, you're going for a walk, you're picking up your dishes, washing your dishes, all that stuff. Doing that uh, for 10, 15 minutes every hour on the hour uh, makes a huge difference in weight loss. I can see that. Uh, you know, just making your body think about doing something unique, picking something up, putting it down. It's all good stuff. Get out there. Yeah. Just move around. Yeah. And the, the main point is like, you know, uh, sure. Go running for an hour in the morning, but then you sit at a desk all day after that. And then you sit on a sofa and watch TV. Right. So that's, that's not going to get you where you want to be. Um, also another side note, um, did not go running yesterday. Didn't really do much. I was packing up some things. Uh, and then I went and had a fantastic beer that was free from my tap house. Cause you check in and I lost two pounds. So there's, there's some more science. Hmm. You've tried to throw that out there before that, uh, <laughs> the way you it weigh yourself working. during the day mixed in with when you drink your beer equals weight loss. And, uh, I'm not, no, okay. First no, of all, I weigh myself work- in the morning when yeah. I wake up and then I didn't exercise, drank a beer. And then the next morning I weighed myself at the exact same time and I was two pounds lighter. So fucking science. That's it. Those three things. weigh yourself move a little bit drink a beer try again (laughs) runner's world should do a study on uh optimal optimal time to drink a beer late the day to still lose two pounds yeah uh well it's before 6 p.m oh well shit i broke that one already (laughs) yeah you did (laughs) i'm gonna double down when we're done here as well okay the greatest event in all of mankind is about to kick off. And I have to tell you, I am a Twitter about it. I I am. Oh, I'm I'm lit up. If you are over the age of, I'm going to say 14, Hood to Coast is better than Christmas. Fucking bar none. Just is. Man, 14. I I would have said nine. Little shits. (laughs) Fuck them. Fuck them. Double di- if you're in double digits, Hood to Coast is better than Christmas. Way, way better. It is obviously one of the greatest things in our life and our world. We look forward to it year-round. 
And yet, uh, we've only been at, we've just scratched the surface. Uh, you know, I'll be it. running uh, my eighth time this year. You're going to be four, right? I think so. I'm losing count. <laughs> Don't. Okay. You, that's just lame. But <laughs> eight times. So I'm going to be knocking out, uh, lay, uh, you know, total time of uh, 22, 23, and 24 legs. Not anything even close to 100. And yet there are several people out there that are part of the Hood to Coast Century Club. And I got to say, after talking with them, I'm a little bit more motivated to run this another 26 years. Yeah, why not? Oh, man. Well, what else? What else I, you got going to do? What else are you going to do? It's not, like you have anything, it's not like you have anything else going on in late August ever. There's nothing to do. As yeah, we get older, there's less and less to do. <laughs> my wife has definitely accepted the hood to coast for what yep. it is. I, I think if I continue to try and push the marathons, I would probably be in trouble. But I, could, I yeah. know I can get away with hood to coast. Well, I think she's just realized that it's a weekend to get rid of your ass. So she's probably all in at this point. Yeah, she doesn't mind it so much. It, you know, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've learned I've got to, like, I, I can't just take all the shit out and throw it out everywhere and claim that I'm organizing for the coming race and then have the house be a shithole for two days. I can't do that. I got to, I got to keep it contained. And yep. then uh, the, the second best thing I can do is when we leave after leg one, we, we always come back after leg one here. Uh, when we leave for leg for the rest of the race, house has got to be immaculate. All the shit's tucked away and done. She gets to just walk in. Yep. Clean house, ready to go. No yeah. Hood to coast crap everywhere. Uh, I think if I could hold to those two, I could probably get another 26 years out of this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we attended the VIP event at the Hood to Coast headquarters uh, back in uh, June, and we ran into some really amazing people. And top of that list was the man who came up with the Century Club idea for Hood to Coast, Bill Frith. And I met Bill. Bill was introduced to me by beer. Because I was standing around drinking a beer, and so was he. And we're like, hey, good to coast, beer, let's talk. And he explained this to me. And to run 100 legs, you have to be doing hood to coast for at least 34 years. 34 years running hood to coast. You are going to love this conversation. It is insane. Let's get to it. Bill Frith, it is fantastic to have you. Thank you for joining the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Just so everybody knows, we had to not start the podcast because there's beer drinking going before it starts. So, Bill, welcome to the podcast with the beer. I want you guys to know that I am the defending Northwest Beer Mile champion. We can talk about that later. Oh, no, we're going to lead off with that right now. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way that gets introduced down the road. Beer Mile is one of our favorite new things that we have just found out about. So I want to know how, uh, I'm just going to open it up. Tell me about your Beer Mile escapades. Well, I will. It, it, what happened, I, I, ran, I ran as a kid, grade school. I think I told you a little bit about that. Junior high, high school, and college. Ran at Willamette. And we used to, after the cross-country season was over, I would just go and hibernate with the other bears. You know, i get my honey and my berries and stuff. And then track, we'd climb about the time it came to, to train for time the fence at McCullough Stadium, Charles Bull's track down in Salem, 
which is, by the way, it's, it's Bush Park in the Cherry City in the Beaver State. That's where Willamette runs. And we would do the beer mile. And what the beer mile is, as you know, is you drink a beer, you run a lap, drink a beer, run a lap, four beers, four laps. And if you, if you hurl, you got to run another lap. And I found out that my calling wasn't marathons or ultra marathons or the 400 or the 100. It was the beer mile. So I ended up winning every beer mile I've ever gone until the last one where I got beat by some skinny looking or skinny German looking guy. But uh, yeah, we've done a, a bunch of beer miles, like at the Lincoln High School track, which, by the way, is not condoned by the city of Portland. Um, but it's, it, what, <laughs> what, what, what's funny is that the guy that used to run them, and you probably know him, but I won't bring his name up, but the guy that ran them, I think he wanted to set an event. <laughs> for legal reasons. Win. For legal reasons, yeah. No, nobody, nobody wants to do time here, <laughs> not least without this. So I think he wanted an event he could win, and he knew I was a slow, fat guy. So he sets up this beer mile in Lincoln High School. Uh, there were full beers, of course. And, you know, I just didn't want to become last because I was, you know, 30 pounds overweight from hood to coast and I hadn't quite, quite shed my honey and berries yet. So uh, long story short, uh, it's not about running. And it's not about drinking. It's about running and drinking. So if you're a great runner, you're probably not going to win. And if you're a great drinker, you're probably going to win. But if you're pretty good at both, you got a good shot at winning a beer mile. <laughs> so I was internationally ranked for a while, and then, you know, we, just, we haven't run one in a few years, but I love the beer mile. It's, it's near and dear to my heart. Well, I have a location for you. Uh, <laughs> Fern Hill Park, the uh, old site of what was Adams High School and Whitaker Middle School, has been torn down, but the regulation-sized track used by nobody <laughs> still completely intact. We could set up a beer mile there. We wouldn't have to worry about how far away from high schoolers were required to be by law. <laughs> I'm there. Why aren't we doing this podcast there? Uh, well, you know, it's, uh, there's a bit of a um, extracurricular living society over there. Yeah. We want to get in there, run our mile, and probably move along briskly. Right. <laughs> I just hope there's a pizza joint nearby. I, Oh, yeah, I, uh, of course, it. Northeast Portland, there's great food. Yeah. Well, you know, I haven't ordered a meal, a sit-down meal in, since 19, uh, 1999. I just sit down and say, surprise me. But if I, if I go to a pizza place, I can order because it's always a surprise. But when I, when I die, when they execute me for my crimes against humanity, it's not going to be Chateaubriand or prime rib. It's going to be pizza and beer because that's what we do, right? We're runners. <laughs> So I get to, I own pizza. I get to choose pizza, but everything else I just say, surprise me. And then whatever the, 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 uh, the waiter waitress brings is what I get. And I'm batting a thousand, which you can tell. Any restaurant you go into, you, it's always surprised me. It's always surprised me. Everyone. Yeah. And and you get, and you get two reactions. (laughs) You get this, Oh, I don't know. Are you going to sue me? Or what if you, are you allergic to anything? And I always say like penicillin or something like that. And then, then you have the waiters, (laughs) waitresses that say, I got it. And, and you know, you're going to get it. And it's not on the menu. It's like the chef makes it after hours, you know, mm-hmm. after a few beers or whatever, uh, or that was last month's special or it's next month's special or, you know, that sort of thing. So I recommend it. You, you try some stuff that you've never had. Uh, I'm tempted to point out that Applebee's is technically a sit-down restaurant, and I'm not sure I'd roll the dice with that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a Russian roulette, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> 
All right. Well, you are uh, very adamant that you are not an elite runner. And I would like to know more about how you have got 38 hood to coasts under your belt as a self-proclaimed drinker and runner. (laughs) Is that a niche within the podcast of the non-runners? I I ran competitively at high school uh, for a top program in the state. I ran for Willamette when we were one of the top in the Northwest and nationwide. And I love running. That's why I'm on this program. That's why I'm with Hood of Coast. Uh, however, you know, pizza and beer have gotten the better of me. I, I worked too many hours, too many days, but it's my release, you know, and, uh, there's something about hood to coast. You meet all kinds and some of them are elite athletes and a lot of them are, you know, they dream of never being an elite athlete. <laughs> um, I used to run, you know, five thirties for hood to coast and now I'm struggling to get eight thirties, nine thirties, but you know, it's still a great race, you know, and, and it's funny because I sent you guys kind of a profile of, of all the hood to coast 100 leggers. There's 27 of us as of Monday. And a lot of these guys were on winning teams for hood to coast. And then one, one day they get the call from their team after 10 years. Hey, you know, thanks for years of service and they're no longer needed. And every one of us who are old crazy runners get that phone call. You can't run the the 630s or the 7s or the 730s that you used to run. And so you have to kind of adjust to that. But then you realize the race is a lot more than winning. It's, you know, it's a cultural thing. It's a, it's a part of the Northwest. But it's, like I said, it's a gateway drug for a lot of non-runners or casual runners to get into the running community. It's been awesome. And it was a great idea that was made even better by the people who, who run the race. And not just once or twice, but... 5, 10, 20, 30, and in our case, 34 years or more. Yeah, the idea of getting up to 100 seems, uh, well, it's daunting. I mean, I will be <laughs> well well past the age of doing most Hood to Coasts uh, to get there. But it's not, it's, it's not out of sight. And um, it, it's exactly what you say. It, it's what you make of the race. It's the experience with the people that are out there. It's what you can do to push yourself. And, you, you know, you, we're on a team at this point that is all about just having a good time and finishing. I mean, we want to have a, 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 a competitive pace and we will have a competitive pace. But if you're mm-hmm. part of our team, you're on the team because we want you to be in our van and we want to have a good time and we want you to experience what it means to be out and enjoy Hood to Coast. Uh, and I just want to say, I don't know if anybody on our team has even scratched at a sub seven ever. <laughs> You know, it's so, like, it's like climbing so back in the day yeah. when you were smoking fast, <laughs> how, what was the, what was your, your fastest team time to date to finish it to coast as, a you team? know, we were so close to 20 to under 20 hours. I think we were 20 hours in one minute, two minutes, three minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. It was crazy. It, and I, and I couldn't walk for days cause you know, I'm screaming down there. Yeah. And this is the days when you didn't have yeah. to train as hard because, you know, you're 20, 22, 23. And I know when Boley was talking to you guys a month ago, you know, he was saying, you know, I, I, I lost in my 20s. I and mean, there was, that was my opportunity to be the fastest I could ever be. But, you know, you, you just scream down the hill and it was all about doing your best. And, you know, it's funny today, like we have a guy who's been on, he's, he's run 80 some legs and he's not running this year. He's going to drive for us. He's got a, a, a foot injury. And we went from a team of like, okay, everybody's got to be sub six or sub six thirties or whatever to, Hey, Todd, 
you know what? It's okay if you got a bum foot. Just ho- if you don't mind, just hobble along, and we'll take you anyway. Because you're you're a teammate. You're you're a brother. And so we've kind of migrated from let's be brothers and fast to let's just be brothers and finish the damn thing. And that's awesome. You know that this race when you meet these twenty seven centurions, you know they have a they're all different. They come from different backgrounds. And they all have unique experiences, much more interesting than me. I'm, I'm a fraud, you know. I'm the least interesting of the 27. But they all have a common thread, you know, and it's the love. I mean, it's like Christmas. I mean, it's a, it's a week from tomorrow. And, you know, we're having a hard time sleeping because, you know, there's that, there's that anxiety, but the excitement of everybody getting together, whether you're all in the same town or, or you're from across the country, and you show up to Timberline Lodge, and you know there's going to be pain, and you know there'll be blisters, and you know there's going to be porta potty issues, <laughs> but it's it's that experience, <laughs> you know. And you, you know, getting to the hundred club, that's great, but it's like anything else. You get to the top of Everest, and if, if that's all you're at, about is the top of Everest, you know, what about the climb? I mean, the, the the climb is that's the exciting part, and that's what's great about you. You're with a bunch of runners, first year runners, five year runners, thirty year runners. You know, it's this it's this community. And like Jeff was talking to you guys about, there's these same teams over and over again. You know, you're, you're always racing against them. Sometimes you beat them, sometimes they beat you, but there's this community, you know, and that's, it's just a, it's a, like I said, it's a, it's a great gateway drug into the running world. Well, we have a bit of a change uh, for our team this year. We've been a group of guys and we just, you know, we had some people that had to uh, miss a year. So we had a sub and then we wanted to accommodate for the sub. And, and that happened a couple of times. All of a sudden we're just, we're feeling that we, we have 14 or 15 people that want to race out of 12. And we, we, we finally split and became two different teams. So this year mm-hmm. is the first year that old crazy runners is going to be running as old crazy runners. And as part of that, we do have the opportunity to introduce the race to three new people from the Midwest that are just excited as no get out to, to really experience this. And I can't wait to watch them because I remember being asked for my, the first time that I ran and having no clue what it was about and, and, and not, not even until it happened really going, shit, what the fuck is this? (laughs) You know? And so, uh, I, I just, I love that I have the opportunity to watch somebody else do that in, in such an intimate moment and, and to share that with him because it is so cool. And that is exactly what the whole race is all about. Mm-hmm. You catch the fever. So I, I feel like hood to coast is so for, to, to have an analogy for music, Bill, <laughs> so I, I think you can get on board with this. So hood to coast is like. You know, you've got regular runners doing 10Ks and half marathons or whatever. You bring them to Hood to Coast. It's kind of the same as if you have a friend who only goes to, like, top 40 concerts. And then you bring them to a dead concert. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, what the fuck is this? Or bring them to the Oregon Fair. (laughs) I feel like that. It's just like, they're just like, holy shit, this is something completely different. I I would say that's a great analogy. We got to add in, they go into one show to see one band and then you take them to a three day festival. Right. (laughs) A dead, a dead show or the Oregon fair could be the same thing. Depends on what your Oregon fair is being held. Could be the Oregon fair. Oh no, no, no. You're going to sleep out in the field. It's great. It won't rain. We promise. 
Thomas. <laughs> yeah, right. It's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. You don't, worry, don't worry about going to the restroom or anything like that. It's, that's a detail. They didn't worry about that word stock, so, did they? <laughs> no. No, they did not. Uh, <laughs> I want to know a, a bit about the evolution of your ride. And by that, I mean... Uh, what sort, how has your, your car physically gotten to be a better part of the race? Because that can be such an impact on how you actually run Hunt to coast. If you, if you've just got this cramped piece of crap or you've got, you know, the fundy van. My van's the best. <laughs> your van's on fire. I think I want to be a part of that. You know, I had, I had a friend <laughs> of mine who was a, he was a pro golfer and I didn't know it for years. And, uh, when I got some new clubs, I said, Hey, I'm, you know, I just got size for these clubs. I got to pick a putter and it's this putter, a putter, B putter, C. And I'm asking all these questions and specs. And he says, you're asking all the wrong questions. He said, you're, you're talking about equipment and what's the most important thing about golf. And I said, is it the other three guys you're golfing with? And he says, exactly. And that is hood to coast. You talk to people who have a great experience with hood to coast or don't. And it's the van, you know, and, and we've been in some real, yeah crappy vans. I mean, the gas is leaking and you know, we're high on something other than weed. And, but, but the other contents, you know, the mayonnaise and the ketchup and the mustard and the bologna, that was all good. You know, it's, it's, it's the guys and the gals in the van and that's the race. It's, you know, um, it, it's a chemistry, you know, and, and or just yeah. absolutely. T- and the, and I'll tell you, it's funny when I, when I got to know Jude and Felicia, Hubber. And by the way, those, those two top shelf, I love what they've done with the Dakota. I love what they've done with the series. There's a lot of people, you know, pointing fingers and they've just handled it beautifully. But I was, you know, I was, I was talking about this is it, what is it? What's great about Hood Coast? It's not that it's not that everything's perfect. You know, you have the traffic backup. You've got porta potties that are not serviced in time. Les Schwab is burning at four in the morning. Um, you know, there's a windstorm and, and limbs are falling. You know, there's, there's stuff that happens. You know, I remember yeah. one time, um, we have never missed a, a handoff in 37 years, uh, 36 years, this is the 37th year. Uh, and because we can anticipate what the other van's doing before cell phones, after cell phones, we just know what's going on. We had a train that blocked NATO Avenue. And so we figured out before getting caught in traffic, how do you get around the train and how does the, how does the runner get through the, the train? And I won't tell you how the runner got through the train, because I don't want to be disqualified before next Friday. But it's the great thing about <laughs> oh, the coast. I, is- I overheard you. I overheard <laughs> that story. And I have the power to disqualify you forever. Well, then I'm going to be in your van, you better, aren't I? You better tell Scotty G about that, because that's his leg. <laughs> and don't ask me about restroom breaks during the course, either. So, you know, you've got, you've got the chemistry of the people in the van, and then you've got the challenge. And what's the challenge going to be this year? Is it going to be the homeless on uh, Springbrook? Uh, you, you, what is, what's going to be the delay? What do you have to work around? And it's the creativity and the perseverance and getting along with the people and anticipating. And sometimes you fail and a lot of times you don't. And it's just fun because it's not just a race from A to B. It is a race with the unexpected. And that's cool. Well, I think you, you bring up a, two good points. One is to um, uh, just totally qualified the job that the the race officials and the executive team for Hood to Coast put on because you are right every year a curveball is going to get thrown at you. Uh, I was rerouted when uh, Les Schwab caught, caught fire in St. Helens, and we were talking about a 200 mile relay that on the fly 
added two miles and rerouted everybody and, and didn't miss a beat. And uh, it sucked, but you did it. Uh, <laughs> downed limbs in 2015. Some psychopath hijacking a porta potty truck. You know, it's <laughs> oh, yeah. right? That happened right in front of us. Right, right in front you, of us. It's like, what the hell's going on? Can you imagine the, the hood to go, okay, so I want you guys to predict what's going to go wrong this year. And someone's like, I don't know, maybe they're going to hijack a porta potty <laughs> No. What's the, the worst thing that could happen? That's dumb. <laughs> the dumbest thing in the world. And yet, uh, through every single one of those, they've never not finished a race, which means that, that they know how to work through those problems. And that yeah. is a huge thing when you're talking about a 200-mile yeah. well, road race. So... I don't know if it's their ingenuity or they just know that we are all dumbasses and we'll do whatever they tell us just hey, to finish. Hey, give it to Michael. He'll eat anything. Yeah, exactly. He'll, he'll drink anything. Watch what these dumbasses will do. Oh, and that's so fun. what we have a uh, what we think is probably one of the optimal start times this year. We're, we're kicking off about six twenty-five. Uh, when does your team leave Timberline Lodge? Uh, this year, two twenty. And we are oh. not 2.20 p.m. Oh, yeah, 2.20 p.m. Shit. Yeah, so, and we'll get in about 3.30 or 4. We're not a 21-hour team. We're not a 20-hour team. We're 24, yeah. 25. I don't even know what we are. That's, who, who, who are, Nicholas, you're the spreadsheet guy, right? Oh, he knows everything, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you'll have to ask our, our Would team you like captain. access to the spreadsheet? It's amazing. <laughs> Let's talk 10 minutes about the spreadsheet, if you don't mind. <laughs> The actuaries can tune in. <laughs> the actuary runners, those guys are great. They're great at mealtime, so, you know. Uh, yeah, they're going to, like, what cell was that again? Could you, is that a count if? Might be a count if in there every now and again. Uh, so is, that, is this one of the latest you've had to, to, to leave? I mean, that is, I mean, on the tail end of the no. race, what are you thinking about that? You're not going to have you, toilet paper anywhere. Oh, you know, you, that's, that's why you employ the Moroccan method, uh, but you get one shot at that. So uh, I learned that on a night train to Venice, what that <laughs> method is. We, we can, that's another podcast for, we've already talked about music. We've talked about the beer mile. Is this a running podcast? I always forget. I lose track here. Uh, our latest start time was 7.30 p.m., and we were the very, a number of times we started with the elite teams. And let me tell you, we are not an elite team. Those guys blister at four minute and something splits. And our guy is smarter than that. And he's not as fast either, but, but he's willing to do leg one. And I'll tell you, that guy is gold. As far as I'm concerned, he's the MVP every year. But we, we, we've actually, it's funny, when we get the last start time, which we don't anymore, but when we got the last start time, our guy held back on purpose so that we could say that we were the last ones off the mountain. And, uh, nice. But, you know, 220s. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm the fourth leg because I'm the slow fat guy. And so I'll be running in that 95 degree heat. I'm not looking forward to that. I love the 730 start times because two of my legs are at night and right. bring it on. I would, I would do that every year if I could. So if you happen to be alongside any of the elite teams, uh, would you pass a message along to them? I want you to let them know that there is no need for any of them to say anything to me when they go screaming by. I don't need yeah. words of encouragement from some Good job. bag. Doing you can a... do it, you old fucker. <laughs> you know, uh, as a guy great for run... an old slow man. As a guy that used to run six the minute guy miles. I've already drank more beer those, than you have all week. Those, those guys, are they run by you like you're standing still and you're put on sixes. We have a guy on our team that ran for the killer oh, bees yeah. and won. And he came back 
And, uh, okay, so he was elite, so he didn't get passed. But a lot of us, we get passed by the same guys. It, it feels the same, whether you're a 10-minute miler or a 6-minute miler. They just blaze. And I'll tell you, the people in those vans, according to my friends that have been in them, it's not hood to coast. You know, it's a, it's a Nike obligation. It's an Adidas obligation. And we were, we were the first Adidas team. Mm -hmm. And believe me, we, <laughs> Adidas didn't know what the heck they were doing. But we got free shoes out of it. <laughs> um, and I think we got... Uh, I don't know. We got free dental floss too, I think, but <laughs> it's, it's, you know what? It's, that's not the race. That's, that's not what we're after. We are after something very different and it's fun to beat. You know, we love beating Mojo and we love being beat the DOA. Um, it's just lately we haven't been. So we, the <laughs> consolation is, uh, you know, the, the burgers and brats over there at only at the only tavern or the only tavern, <laughs> which you guys know about. Yeah, that'll be yeah, uh, I am, funny this year. I'm yeah. Well, I'm sad. We're gonna be. I don't know if we're gonna be able to make it. Yeah, because well, our band's will. fast. You're, gonna, you're not gonna have any well, time think, to stop. <laughs> yeah, these the second. Yeah, we don't have any time. We well, no, we have time to stop. We could stop. I'm. I gotta map out what time does it open? Because I think we finish up. We'll hand off at like six a.m. or something like that. Gosh. Is the tavern open at that time? I think they get. No, they don't they have, have special hood they don't to think, coast hours. I don't think they have phones out there. I think they've just got string and tin cans. You show up, maybe they'll be open, maybe they won't. <laughs> and check their website. You might need to make a reservation. I'm sure that's <laughs> the website <laughs> in, in only again. Oregon. Okay, I'll I'll be right on that. I'll slide through the chimney and look for their internet. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm wrecking your I'm wrecking your podcast. I'm sorry. I hope I make it up to you someday. No, it's fantastic. You are the first person that uh, ever mentioned the the Moroccan method and night train to Venice all in the same sentence. On the podcast, so. <laughs> I learned to juggle. Well, that's right. I learned I learned to juggle on the night train to Venice too. So there's a lot that happens on that train. You wouldn't know about it. It's in my diary. You can come when oh, we I come know. over to the Wall I've of been, Sound. I've we been can, on that we, train. We talk about it. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to check that out. So, what would you say is? Uh, I I have to assume that you've ran every leg at this point over the course of 100 because I say that because we have a guy on our van that we're running with for the first time and I'm not quite sure how many times he's ran it but he's literally ran leg five every single time this will be the first time he's not ran leg five okay why does why does a one person choose leg five every year that's like that's like the hardest leg well so he he was a guy who was never on one team <laughs> he would just let people know it's like hey if you need ringer. someone to run leg five give me a ring and what a sucker! A call. <laughs> what a su that guy. I know. <laughs> like you could be almost done with the whole thing by now, but you've literally ran one leg. So no, you you're not. You're not even close to being done. You're, no, he you know, loves seven it. to go. He loves leg five. Which one do you, would you say is uh, was the best leg when you could keep up? You know, my favorite leg. Okay, so to answer your question, I'm not one of those guys that has to run every leg, and so I haven't. Like I said, I'm the biggest fraud that's ever going to be on the show, but uh, I'm usually in van one and don't tell my team why, but it's because of the only tavern. Uh, I have run in van two <laughs> early, early in my hood to coast career, uh, but I'm usually leg four because I'm the slow fat guy on a fast team. Uh, I, my favorite legs, um, leg two used to be the one that went on NATO and now it's leg one. And since I don't want to do leg one, um, leg three was great. It just, you know, it just has a, that first leg just, you know, it's just got the perfect downhill pitch. And uh, I don't know, that, that was a fun leg too, but 
Um, what I like about leg four, the first one's, you know, 7.2 miles and it's rolling downhill. And then the next two are like four miles. And so for a guy like that, I mean, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, my fighting weight's probably around 210, 215, and I'm not 210, 215 today. Except when my girdle's on, then I'm about 210, 215. <laughs> From the waist down. From the waist down. So, <laughs> you try to just okay, stuff that through there. You you're a centurion, but you you haven't ran every every runner. Is that correct? Co- Which correct. one have you left yeah. off? Which one haven't you knocked off yet? Um, I have. Well, okay. So technically, I've done one because during the year of COVID, my team ran, and this was cool because we were not going to miss a year, and we were going to do you know one through thirty six the way it's on the course. But we were kind of worried about safety and you know, getting run off the road by tractors and balers and that sort of thing. So we, as a team, decided to run leg one as a team from Timberline down to government camp. And then we did a, we did a leg in downtown Portland. And then we did the very last leg, but here's the key is that it was 199 miles and 199 beers. And that was, that was the goal for 2020. So we, we met in Portland at the Mount Hood Brewery in Tillicum. And we did six miles out and back, and we had pizza and beer. Drove up to the Timberline, ran the first leg, the old course, you know, down the, the, the side path. Uh, and then we had pizza and beer government camp, spent the night. Woke up the next morning, had pizza and beer. Drove to Seaside, did the last leg, and then we had pizza and beer at uh, Pizza Harbor. And I, I should have sent it to you guys, but yeah, we logged in 199 miles and 199 beers, and the entire team ran together for three legs. It was really cool. That was a lot of fun. What was your question? Which ones haven't you done? I haven't technically done one, five, six, and like three of them on the second van. So most of them. I did, I did so for years. I for, this, pretty much the same legs over and over again. I would say that of my 37 prior years, I've done legs two, three, and four um, over and over again. I, you know, and, and of course the, tr- the course changed, so I might've done five or six, you know, but they were different legs, you know, leg, leg two used to be front Avenue. So, you know, and then that became leg one. And I remember okay. one year they were to give me leg one. I said, I quit. I don't care what my streak is. I'm a street guy. I love <laughs> streaks. Right. And I've got another streak that we're not going to talk about here because it involves porta potties, but, uh, I had a pretty good streak on that too. But, uh, I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I was going to quit hood to coast if they made me do leg one. So they put me back on four. You know, one's not so bad. Uh, you, you got to really, you, you plan the entire race around that first leg and you just don't blow yourself out. Yeah. And the next two, they really give you easy legs. It's, it's not that bad. That's really the key is just, you know, recognizing that, uh, that first leg, you got to just take it seriously and sit back yeah. and, and not, not get crushed. My first year, the guy that ran leg one, we were all high schoolers. We had no idea what we were doing. First guy blistered down the hill. His toenails went back into his toes and out again. And I saw that <laughs> and I said, you know what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's worse fates in life, but not many more. <laughs> my, my awakening was uh, my second year running when um, this young gal, uh, early 20s, just tiny, like 80 pounds, really just this. And I mean, goes flying down the hill, leg one, same thing. We're like, Oh, you're crushing it. 
And you don't realize that the hardest part is then, okay, well, now you're going to go sit in a cramped van for five hours. Can't stretch or anything. And by the time we get to leg three, she, her thighs are just blown up and she's barely walking. I mean, my she, she fucking ruined my spreadsheet. Let me just say that. Blew my numbers way out of the water. She was like 45 minutes late coming into the checkpoint. And I was like, oh, shit, man. Do not take that, that leg coming off a timberline lightly. It will do the spreadsheet some was smoking. And Fundy, you <laughs> yeah. got to get that on your next list. That's one of the. Uh, uh, oh, it was so pissed off at me. She's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, man? I say, we, and we love the spreadsheet uh, because and the I guy let that her does it. Let me let, let me let just say that right now. <laughs> did she ever run on the team again? No, did she ever run? You can't fuck with the spreadsheet. I mean, I think I think that is the two the two rules for our team is a don't fuck with the spreadsheet yeah. and b don't be a downer in the van. Yeah, yeah, and she really wasn't. I, I mean, I, I to to her, I'm, I I, I want to say she was a fantastic van mate. I would invite her back. The fact that she hasn't ran with us is just a matter of consequence. Uh, it it but it it certainly taught me when I was like, oh shit, I got to get leg one knocked off before I get too old, and I'm gonna remember what I saw. From somebody who thought they could just go bombing down leg one because you cannot. Better her than you. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. We learn from, we learn from the other's mistakes. And there is no oh. easy way to learn <laughs> unless you look around. There's, there's not. <laughs> so I want to go back in time a little bit. Talk about when you first started running. You mentioned in school you had to do, uh, was it 1.2 miles or something? What? Yeah, So so we had... Uh, so our team, our core team, we've got the same guys from high school that are running on this team. So we've had, this is our 37th year. We have, um, you know, nine, 10, 11 guys that just every year they come back and there's a substitution here and there, but the core of that team, we played soccer in grade school. And one of the guys' dads was a runner. He was hood, first 12 hood to coast runners, uh, Dick Helzer, his son, Kirk is our team captain. And they made us run as second graders, third graders, fourth graders, 1.2 miles before soccer practice. That was when soccer practices were like three hours long, you know, and you could just walk home in the dark and nobody cared and on and on back in the good old days. And so we were never great soccer players, but they, we would tire them out in the second half. We'd score goals on, on unconditioned third graders. <laughs> if there is such a thing, right? <laughs> and so we started doing that. And then little by little, we got cut from the, the team. So, you know, we can't play basketball. Some of us are not tall enough or skilled enough. Can't play football, can't play baseball. There's, there's always cross country and track, you know? I mean, how hard can this be? And that's what's great about running. It's so accessible. But honestly, a lot of us were former, were reformed soccer players. And uh, a number of us started you know, playing soccer in grade school and junior high and just naturally got into cross country. And there were some coaches um, along the way that really got us interested, you know, in the, in this in the school district and i i was in the beaver school district and there's you know I, I would say you know the coaches were such a big deal and i know you've had discussions about mm -hmm. pe and and that sort of thing i mean i i list my greatest influences in life as my parents both of them <laughs> and number three is my high school running coach because it's not just about running or conditioning it's about focus and planning and determination and discipline and failing and learning from failure and succeeding and not getting too big of a head. I mean, running teaches you so much and, and team sport running even more so. And so, yeah, I, I mean, to answer your question, I got involved because 
of, of uh, parents that understood that conditioning was an important part of any kind of sport. And, um, and it didn't hurt that I got cut from soccer too. So. <laughs> and I found it, I was, you know, I enjoyed it. It was, you know, who doesn't love to run a race in high school and, and puke dry heave at the, at the finish line, but it, there's some satisfaction because, you know, like cross country, it, you know, one guy doesn't, doesn't make the team. And you got to run together. You got to encourage each other. And then, of course, you know your biggest competitor isn't the guy on the other team. It's the guy who's vying for your varsity spot. You're, you know, you're you're running your guts out to get top seven. And you know, I went to Sunset High School. We had great years in the '80s, and I was never worried about the other schools. I was worried about getting top seven for the next race. And uh, you know, my my best friends were my best competitors. <laughs> Well, I had the advantage. Of, yeah, I I went to uh, a Roosevelt High School where it was like, are, are you are are you serious? You'll actually join the team, and you'll you'll stick with it for the entire season. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Got any friends? <laughs> Your one friend that's See? missing a leg. It's fine. It's fine. You know, it's like it's, it's like Boy Scouts. They'll take anybody. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Every other team cuts, but you know, not not cross country, not yeah. track. You, if if you can if you can fall on the ground or, or do a forward roll or a cartwheel, they'll take you. Uh, I was fortunate to have a fantastic coach when I joined the track team. Uh, by the way, being forced by my football coach, he's like, "Listen, I'm not having you come back to football next fall in this shape. You, you're running track in the spring." Uh, but Benita was awesome, and she had ran collegiately and. What I've learned from her just as far as, you know, how to push yourself as a runner. I mean, I still think about the things that uh, she talked about. And, and it's, it's amazing what that can mean to have that sort of influence in your life at that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, me, I wasn't on track or cross country. And it shows. <laughs> <laughs> you could have gone to Roosevelt. You might have been the only guy that they would have said, listen, dude, I'm sorry. I mean... But you were short-handed, and it's still no. Before you, we had no standards, but apparently, we do. Well, you were you were damn good at Nintendo, You're a though, weren't hazard. you? <laughs> uh, I played football. I was really fast for four yards. <laughs> yeah. Right really, before you got on the four yards. That just sprinted and that four, the four yards, yards to the tackle behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> uh, but I think. I, I love that we, we picked up running later in life. I don't think I would have appreciated. I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed sprinting. And similarly, I mean, I, I would say the same thing. I mean, I was fast for short distances, and, and those distances were way shorter than I, than I actually thought. But I would have never thought of myself as a distance runner in my teens or 20s. And so the idea of taking advantage of where I was athletically at that point, I wasn't there mentally. And, um, now it, it's so much more therapeutic and it's so much more, uh, I get so much more out of it, not just because of, uh, the physical exertion of, of running, but just knowing what I, what I'm going to get on the other end of feeling good after a hard run. I, I don't think I would have, you know, that that wouldn't have crossed my mind when I was 20. <laughs> I, I think, well, I think if you ran early, I think you get so ingrained in the winning mentality and the splits mentality and you kind of forget about the bigger picture about 
just how you feeling. I mean, how, what, how running makes you feel. It gets you outside, gets you moving. It gets you with other people. Uh, you know, like with Hit Coast, it's, it's, a, it's a team mentality. You're in the van. Or if you meet up at Forest Park or whatever. I mean, there's, there's a lot more important things about running than, than splits. And uh, I think the, the problem for a lot of us is that we're so used to trying to be faster than the next guy and tr or trying to be 25 again. And those days are gone. <laughs> it, it takes yeah. a while to get over that hurdle. Well, I, I definitely advocate for uh, not having that hurdle there to begin with. Uh, you know, we have no <laughs> past history to really gauge ourselves against. I mean, I'm running faster now than I have at any point in my life. I'm great. <laughs> Don't you just love downhill? So it's Fundy. At no point in his oh. life has he ran a four-minute or four-hour <laughs> marathon other than this year. Yeah, it's the best. Well, it's better than so my best done, marathon. Uh, I was going to say, have you, have you uh, ran marathons or ultras or anything beyond that? What are some of the other uh, distances you like to put in? You know, it's, it's humbling because I've interviewed every one of these 27 or 26 other Hood to Coast 100-leg guys, and I, I listen to their stories. And there's one guy, he's run 100 marathons and 100 ultras, give or take five. That's and yeah. I'm thinking, God, you've run a hundred of each and I've run none. And I, I trained for, I trained for uh, Portland one year cause I wanted to do the hundredth running of the, of the Boston. So I think it was like three hours and five minutes what I needed to do. And I could have done it. I, I was doing training runs and I was doing an 18 mile or 20 mile one day. And I says, you know, this just isn't fun. I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I love running, but this is not the type of running I want to do. When I was in college, uh, you know, 10 K was kind of the college cross country race, but we, it, well, lamb at smaller school, we ran a lot of four milers and that was my sweet spot, you know, just cause I don't want, I don't like running marathons or don't run marathons. doesn't mean I like, don't like running. I like, you know, right. some people like sprinting and some people like ultra marathons. Uh, some people like doing the bad water. I, you know, my hood to coast is the kind of, is, that's my thing. I like that distance. I like that format. Um, you know, I like a 10 K, I like a half marathon. Um, but no, I've, I've never run a marathon. I've trained for it. And I just said, you know, and, I'm, and maybe I will someday. I don't know. I'm, I'm not fixated on it. Uh, I haven't said definitely yes or definitely no. I just have found the stuff that I like to do. And, you know, it's funny. I, I don't run a lot of road races. Uh, I'm not against them. I'll do some charity stuff once in a while. But this is the, this is the race I get ready for. Uh, it's the race I enjoy. And, uh, you know, it's just whether you run a race or not, if you enjoy running in some format, then it, that's the great thing. You don't have to be fast or you don't, it doesn't you have to be slow. You can be anything. It's like in music. When, when, when one, when one musician talks to another and they start talking about music and the, the guy says, do you play? And it's not, do you play well? Are you Jimi Hendrix? Are you Jimmy Page? It's, do you play? And it's like, are you a runner? You know, I don't care if you're a fast runner or a slow runner. Do you enjoy running? And that's, that's, you know, the, the community right there. Did I answer that correctly? Cause I, no, I don't run marathons. <laughs> <laughs> well, I absolutely love that answer because, um, I, I think the best thing that can come out of being an old, old crazy runner is being able to appreciate, uh, what you experienced during the run. And, it's not about what happens at the finish line or how many kills or what place. I, I, 
uh, I'm competing with what I want to accomplish within myself. And if that's not there today, well, you know what? It's beautiful. You know, I'm, I'm running in nature and I'm having a great time. Yeah, it really is. Do you enjoy what you're doing? Do you love what you do? Do what you love, love what you do. So I, I think we should go, uh, I have some questions I want to ask you because you seem to be a moderately intelligent person. <laughs> uh, Nicholas and I have been a little back and forth on a couple of things recently, and I want to get your opinion on them. Is, um, is this a grudge match? I went to Nike, which, oh, there's always a grudge. Always. Forever until we die. It started, it started. 48 years ago from the moment we could speak <laughs> 48. Oh, okay. I was going to say 50, uh, whatever it is. Man, we were, we were slow learners five before we're talking, <laughs> whatever we're, 50 years. I don't even know how old I am now. I'm okay, going to tell you this. So, I'm going to carry a grudge against him for dying first so that I can't hang around and have more grudges against him. That's how it's going to work. So, I can't remember who's carrying whose ashes. I, I can't remember. You just to spite you. <laughs> Just to spite you, I'm going to live longer. I, I want to see the carrying of the urn. I want to live long enough to see the carrying of the urn. Whoever, which one of you, the two of you get to carry it? Well, that's I'm putting it in my will that, <laughs> that he has to carry the whole urn completely Remember, full. Remember, the large print giveth, the small print taketh away. So make sure there's some good small exactly. print there. Exactly. So I'm going to make sure that's locked down. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, went to uh, Nike recently, and I only run in Brooks because I'm old. Yeah but I bought a pair of the Nike shoes with the carbon plates. Oh. And Nicholas calls them cheaters. <laughs> you so, call them are those cheaters. cheaters. Are those cheaters or not? You name, don't, don't give away the answer yet, Nicholas. Are those, those use double A or triple A batteries. I always forget. <laughs> it's just the carbon fiber. Yeah. So, so you want to know if, if I run barefoot like Zola Bud or? No, no, I'm just oh. saying, would you classify those as cheaters? <laughs> that's that's the that's the judge right here i need to i need your opinion on this oh gosh god that's a great question i i have i don't know let me ask you this let's say that i've got some pain before my leg and i take a straight shot of something before the before i do my leg like a a, i'm cutting the pain if i'm taking some cbd to my knee i don't know is that it oh that's totally is that a cheater that's not a cheater totally totally fine yeah totally totally fine yeah not even close yeah 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 i don't know that's uh, I'm gonna have to take that. I'm gonna have to have another. I'm gonna have to open my second beer for that one. <laughs> okay. All right. What do you think about right. that one? Okay. So here's the second one. I got another one here. So uh, Bill right. is very familiar with Beaverton. Okay. Yeah. So Bill, you know, you know the Powerline Trail that goes down to Progress Ridge. Oh yeah. Yep. So yep. yeah, I, it, I live right you by. Got it. those yeah. giant hills. There's like 400 feet up and down, up and down. I call that the Mofo, yeah, right. the motherfucker. Yeah. So if you run from my house, which is about <laughs> Nike area, all the way to Progress Ridge, okay. that's half a mofo. So all the way to Progress Ridge and all the way back to my house is a full mofo, right? But if you only run right, halfway right, to right. Progress Ridge and then halfway back, that's a double half mofo. And he thinks that a double half is the same as a full, but it's not. First of all, I thought that was a triple Lutz. The mofo is the mofo is to something and then back. That entirety thing is a mofo. It's not half yeah half a thing half. You're cutting your half. Yeah, half. You're trying to make sixteenths out of thirty seconds, and you're getting no, sixty four. If, if you, <laughs> you if you only go if you only go there all the all the way there, that's a half a mofo. Does that include the Nike cheaters? Right. Is that, but I'm all, is that not involved? going all the way there. I'm only going halfway <laughs> yes, there. Yes. So it's a half of a half. 
What's the spreadsheet say on that? Uh, this is and why I, I run down halfway back. This is why I run half. downtown over the bridges, and we just name them. I, you know, there's no half or anything. You ran that loop. <laughs> and that's and that's it. Okay. So, Bill, well, we I'm are, disappointed. We're get you I'm downtown. disappointed. I have zero commitment from Bill on both the cheaters and the double half mofo. Yeah, oh, you he, know what? He, when we meet in the beer garden, I'm going to bring my magic eight ball, and we're going to decide that once and for all. Oh, I'll just put it in my, oh, I'll put it in my that, great big pocket. Finally, <laughs> that is the only way to solve it. Thank you so much for bringing the intelligence to the conversation. And <laughs> I am living proof of evolution. So, yeah, science. Yeah. Uh, I do want to invite you to join us for one of our Sunday runs, uh, and we won't. Uh, we'll get on the other side of the marathon training, so we're not doing the 18 and the 19 milers. But we've got uh, several loops along the waterfront that we love to run that can be anywhere from like nine to 13, and uh, we'd love to have you join that. And then we'll go uh, get second breakfast at my father's place, which is <laughs> one of the best places to get breakfast on the east side. Well, you uh, forgot to mention that my van which is my daily driver, has a fridge in it that is usually stocked with beer also. <laughs> oh, yeah, beer after, and then we go get the second breakfast. Beer and running, is that a new thing? Well, this is funny. I heard about this guy, and there was this guy that I've heard about, and he was on this team I heard about, and he had the streak. And you know how, you know, about Hood to Coast, there's just so many things that everybody shares in the experience. And, of course, the porta potties are just an essential. You, you just can't run away from that. It's just, it's always part of your life. And there's this guy I know, and he had the streak because some people like streaks. I don't know if you heard that or not. And the streak was that he never, he timed his, his metabolism the, the days before the race so that right before leg one, everything he needed to do on the Moroccan method side was taken care of. And that never happened again until after leg three. So between leg, before leg one, after leg three, there was no number two, right? There was no pooping. There was no pooping, yeah. And this guy I heard about who, worked, who runs for this team I heard about had this 25-year streak that he never had to do that. And then one year, uh, he, she may have felt a little weird around, I don't know, Welch's rhododendron area. And just something wasn't right, couldn't figure out what it was, body wasn't rea reacting, gets to the baton, starts running, realizes on that 7.2-mile leg he knows what the problem is. <laughs> and, and there is, there is no relief. There is no angel between, between that Dairy Queen <laughs> and the way station. <laughs> and since this team I know right. about uses spreadsheets and predicts, and those guys usually come in within a minute or two of those predicts, because those are very serious things. We, we, you know, we adhere to those. And this person came in, I mean, they were, where was this person? Four or five minutes goes by. And then this person shows up and they look at, Hey, are you okay? knowing the streak and the person looks at him and says it finally happened <laughs> and they bust out laughing and they stop like well what happened he said don't worry i folded it up nicely and left it off the roadside so apparently this guy went over the guardrail and you know you get one shot right and left it there and and uh, so it's almost like a monument but uh, uh i don't know who that guy in that team is um but the streak's over. So, so that streak... as, as we drive by this year, w will there be a cross erected <laughs> on the side of the road? <laughs> you might want to look for that one. It'll be one of those like skylights, the ones that, you know, like the Hollywood sign, the Hollywood lights. Yeah. You got to cut down to the trees. Yeah, my, my, sec <laughs> my second year, uh, leg six coming into St. Helens, the, uh, the fairgrounds. And oh, yeah. uh, I'm probably 
two, three miles out when that moment hit me. Yeah. And uh, they've got the one porta potty right by the exchange that's for the volunteers only. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I just beelined it before they could even think of anything and locked myself in and just like, <laughs> this is happening, people. <laughs> I am not waiting in line. It can happen here you were vol- or on the course. You were volunteering to be a decent human being is what you were doing. I've already started my solitary game. Just leave me alone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you, were, you were praying that moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did. I handed the baton and just ran, right? I didn't say anything to my teammates. They're like knocking on the door. Are you okay? I'm just like, go back to the van. I will find you. We have all sorts of time. We just hand it off to the other van. No one's in a hurry. Just give me a moment here, man. I'm, I'm in late 40s and I got to take a shit. <laughs> Is there an asterisk on the spreadsheet on that leg? Okay. I got a question <laughs> on the opposite side. The opposite side of this conversation. One of our newly found old crazy runner van mates uh, that did some one day relays. She asked on the uh, Facebook group, favorite food to bring with you in the van to eat along the way. What are your go-to meals and snacks? On the oh. way. Well, the van always has a uh, some chips ahoy, and I don't know where that started. Probably in in, in high school. But what I do, uh, I don't know if it's scientific. It works for me. I always have three bananas. I have uh, trail mix. I have Cliff Bars because um, one of our found team founders is the R and D guy for Cliff Bars, so we have to have Cliff Bars. And you know, lots of the Gatorade. It's not fancy. Uh, I stopped eating that goo crap because it came out worse than it went in, and it didn't go in well. But real simple. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. we don't eat we don't eat uh, hamburgers or French fries. But uh, I will say that that uh, after leg three, it is a PBR. Everybody gets their PBR, so that's an important dietary replacement uh, program we instituted some years back. Mm-hmm. And and oh, by the way, that Science. is that is the official that is the official beer of the Northwest Beer Mile Championship is PBR. I don't think I drink it the rest of the year, but you know, that's just a good occasion to do that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just really simple. I don't eat a lot during Hood Coast for some reason. Cause I, I make up for it the rest of the year. <laughs> As you can tell, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, on a podcast, you can't see my double and triple chins, but you guys sure certainly can. <laughs> These aren't clip-ons. Like- this, this is the real, this is the real, uh, neck right here. The real deal. Yeah. Yeah. I got a neck underneath here. <laughs> I like, I like the, uh, I store all my energy throughout the year for, for Hood the Coast and yeah. building it up like a power cell. Well, I chew my cud right before the leg. And so it's really, you know, <laughs> you got to do something. You got to draw from somewhere. I don't have anything magical. I mean, like I said, I'm the biggest fraud you'll ever on this program. I, I, uh, I love, I love running. I don't subscribe to runner's world. Um, but I just love getting, it's, a, it's an accessible sport and the best people I know are runners. And, um, you know, it's, it's a release. Like I, I've been really busy working and the best thing to do for that is go on a run. Just get it out, you know, get, kick it out of your system. You always feel better. You don't always smell better or look better, but. I I've never asked anybody if, how I feel. <laughs> I know how that is. Uh, so the last couple of weeks we've had, we've had some heat waves. I've been getting out first thing in the morning because I've got, uh, the marathon miles coming up and there's just no way I can attack yeah. those after work at, at four or five o'clock. So are you also, do you take advantage of that early morning coolness or when do you typically get out and get your runs in? Oh yeah, I do. Absolutely. 
uh, and, and you know, the other thing about running in the morning, you just feel better the rest of the day. You know, you're avoiding the afternoon heat, but yeah. you just, there's something about a morning run. It just sets the pace for the entire day. You have more energy. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, it, you start, it's the mindset. It, you get in the shower, you wash off all the sin and all the sweat and, uh, you don't have to worry about it. And then you can make bad choices and worry about them the next morning when you do a, a run. I, I've been bringing that, that, uh, that run sweat in with me to work, by the way. I don't wash that off. <laughs> do you bottle that too? Keeps the riffraff <laughs> away. <laughs> Kelowna champions, people. <laughs> so you don't, you don't hang out with the Queen of England very much, do you? I don't know. Have you uh, smelled her lately? I'm apparently, <laughs> she's kind of old. <laughs> No, but I hear she farts dust. <laughs> oh. Oh, we'll you let Chris are... White let us know how that turns out. He's the one that's got any chance of meeting with her. <laughs> oh, you can edit that out too. <laughs> <laughs> so your your van this year, is it um, uh, the same group for the last couple of years? Do you have some new people? How do you uh, keep your, your 12 together? What What happens there? You know, there is some back and forth. Uh, we pretty much have the same guys in the same van. So we're the Dirty Half Dozen plus 12. We started out, you know, in junior high school. Um, and, you know, I, it was kind of, we make light of the fact that I've only run a few of the different legs. But, you know, like our leg one runner, he's done that most of the time. So he's always in van one. I'm usually in van one. Our, our ace in the hole is a guy who does, he's, a, he's a, one of those uh, crazy, um, you know, uh, what do they call them? Um, the obstacle runners, the, um, what are the, what are the, I'm trying to think what the name of the, um, the Spartan, like the Spartan race guys. Oh, right. I think I, I think I lost you guys. Okay. So anyway, so, um, he, he's our ace in the hole. He always gets the hardest leg, leg five. So usually there's four or five of us that are, that return year after year, but once in a while we go to the other van and it might be because somebody wants to hit all 12 legs or, uh, or maybe they're, you know, they're nursing an, an injury and want an easier leg or, or something like that. But it's, it's pretty consistent. Um, I feel pretty fortunate. I think, I think maybe because everybody feels sorry for me, they leave me in, in van one. And I, and I have no problem with that. If you want to have pity on me, that's great. <laughs> like I said, I love only, I love Fantastic. the only bar. It is. Yeah. I'm afraid they'll take it away from you someday. <laughs> well, I would concur. Van one is the best of the two vans. Um, you're the only van that drives the entire race, by the way. I mean, if you think about it in that regard, van two yeah. starts at Sandy. So they missed the first, first part of it. Uh, I missed that. Just... I missed that. Remember it used to take both fans up to, to Timberline and you'd all start together. I mean, you were all there to cheer on your first guy. That was great. I mean, they ended up about three, four years ago for traffic reasons, but that was no. Uh, by the time I ran, they had already split that out. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. That's a. In fact, there's some teams that still break that rule, but that's a huge tradition that both teams show up to Timberline. It, yes, it was overcrowded. So, um, <laughs> I, I want to know. So you're usually in Van that's One. How said. do you guys decide who's going to be in Van One and Two? So on our team, we just basically take the more handsome people and put them in Van One. And then Nicholas is in van two with the others. With the, mm -hmm. with the other cheaters? <laughs> yeah. Do they all have Nike in van two? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
No, he's the cheater. I am Brooks. That's it. Go run some Not mofos. Nikes. After foals. What the fuck is happening? Yeah. Yeah. Is that the the mini half? Uh, you know, double mini half mofo. mofo? We typically have the same four or five guys in van one. There, there might be one or two that change out every year, but it's, you know, leg one guy always does the same thing. Leg four guy, me, usually does it every year. Our, our uh, ace in the hole does leg five every year. Unless he's doing some national Spartan race, then we have to find some other poor sucker that'll do the hardest leg on the race. But um, I don't know. You know, I'm, I, I'm not sure how I was gifted with, with van one, but don't tell my team to, to change things. Tell them that, I don't know. Tell them it's it's just divine will. I don't ever want to leave Van One. I have no, I have no need to run every leg, and I love the people that do. But that's not me. I'm 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 there to run three legs, to have a PBR, to go to the coast, to go to the Pizza Harbor, and you know, I'm put a fork in me. That's that's heaven. Well, that sounds like a hell of a weekend to me, and uh, I I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I didn't run every single leg. I, that, that would drive me. Yeah. That would, that would kick my OCD into overdrive. Like what the fuck are you doing? And thank God for people like you. I'm just, run every I'm leg. just glad it's not me. <laughs> I actually yeah. kind of get that. So I have a, I have leg eight this year and uh, it's got more climb than leg five, which I was, that was my first time. My uh, introduction to hood to coast was leg five. Mm-hmm. So I will be more than happy to give an assessment as to which of the two is worse. Fundy, you've ran five and eight, right? You did. Yeah. I which one both. was worse? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, I don't know. Cause I did five with a hernia. No, that's true. We're going to hold that over our heads for um, Yeah, well, so it, well, no, it's tough to tell because I was in bet, much better shape when I did leg five compared to when I did yeah. leg eight. But leg eight. Leg eight was also the fucking, fucking nightmare hard. stormier. Oh, there you go. Yeah, leg, leg eight's hard. Like, it's, it's a solid yeah, motherfucker. I'm looking forward to it. Even, even with the, yeah, even with you, the third leg it. for leg five? But, even with the third a lot, but you'll enjoy. Leg, leg five? On the coast range, yeah, because leg eight's second mm-hmm. leg is just eight has more climb. Yeah, fuck, it's hard. Yeah, and it's it's one of those where you climb all the way up and then you go down and then it's like, oh wait, oh, we wait have more climb for you. <laughs> like, let's do this again. <laughs> that was so fun. <laughs> yeah, and I remember that it was raining so hard and the wind was blowing and it was dark when I was doing it and you were like leaning into the wind on leg eight. And I remember running, and I remember I couldn't, I didn't know I was cresting the hill, but I could feel that I was cresting the hill just because it was getting easier to run. <laughs> but I couldn't see shit. I could just feel it. I was like, oh, I must be at the top. I remember you cussing me. That was your first year, and I talked you into running hood to coast. And I remember you getting in the van just going, what the, what is this? And then to top it, it was, it was terrible. So what, what, it was a hard year. Why did you guys uh, wait so long to start that, to do that race? Well, it just by chance. So I didn't start running until I was 40 and that was with a friend of mine from work. And in 2011, he'd ran hood to coast. And in 2012, that was the first time he came to me. He's like, Hey, we've got a spot open. Um, the, the, that was, so 2011 was the, the shit show backup. Everyone couldn't get into an exchange and the traffic was a nightmare year. 
And so yeah, 2012, remember, as they said, if you finish within 30 minutes plus or minus of your uh, plus or minus of your expected time, you auto qualify for the next year. And so that's when uh, Scott Alder came to me and said, "I need your spreadsheet brain to make sure we get that 30 minutes." So I want to auto qualify. That was the genesis for the spreadsheet because I was like, "Dude, you got 36 exchanges. If you're off by one minute, that's 36 minutes. You're out." Just not how it happens. But um, I we finished within three minutes of what the spreadsheet said that first year. Wow. I mean, we just we. We, we came in and, and mostly because, and you'll, you'll know this, you'll have one person that just blows yeah. it out and cr- and you're like, dude, I'm not accounting for that. And then somebody else has, you know, a hiccup and then it kind of balances out. And as a team, you, you just, you ride that wave and you kind of finish about where you're expected to finish. But I was hooked. And uh, the following year, there was four of us that sat down and that's when we said, uh, we're going to commit to each other to make sure that we help uh, go every single year. And all of us wanted to run each leg and finish, um, uh, finish actually run from Mount Hood to the coast. And so I'm uh, seven. I got, I got five more to go. This will be eight. It's interesting. Six is like halfway. Seven is like, okay, you've, you, you're, 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 you've crested. Eight is two thirds. And it just, it's, it's going to start cascading from there. And I can't. <laughs> but but he has to keep running until I finish, and then I'm just going to keep going. So he's going to have to keep going because he can't. He he could never just stop if I kept going. He has to be training for when he carries your urn to the coast, right? Yeah. I years years I can't thirteen wait. plus. I don't give a shit, man. Years one through twelve, I'm locked in. And I'm I exactly. I will run. I I will run hood to coast every single year that someone wants me to run it. It is the greatest thing in the world. I can't imagine saying no. I know it's it's like Christmas, gonna, isn't it? It yeah, is. I mean, so we good. are we are the week before Christmas right now. Oh man! And there speaking are of out Christmas, there that are laughing at us for that. I don't know why. Ooh, what's that? Oh yeah, that's my rope LED light that's going to go around the top of the van. <laughs> Dude, he has a van that that has fresh coffee and pancakes and grilled cheese and sleeping accoutrements, <laughs> mood lighting. It's not Foot even massage. Fair. There's spooning, <laughs> a massage <laughs> gun, hey, <laughs> massage yeah, gun. Hey, I love the quality. Used to do this back in the massage <laughs> 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 gun. <laughs> the spooning element. That's like a. Is that like a Civil War recreation moment in the van? Come, we we had uh, the hiatus 2020. Uh, I thought that they did a great job bringing the race back 2021, and this year kind of feels like. Um, we're back to where they were in 2019 when things were kind of kind of going so well. So I'm just kind of curious, what are you really looking forward to for this year's Hood to Coast? You know what's great about last year? I mean, it was it was like opening a new present because you don't realize how much you love something until you you don't have it anymore. And you know, for a lot of people, like we this Hood to Coast 100 group. You know, we, we communicate all throughout the year, and it's, it's that chatter, just it goes on and on. And we missed something, you know, it's like a dead relative, and they came back to life. And so last year was great, but what was great about last year also was that they decided to rework the start times where you didn't have that 2011 congestion. I remember talking to a team from Boston, and they were so excited to run Hood to Coast, and they came all the way over to that, to that horrible log jam where you have to, 
you know, you're, you're stuck in traffic and, and we got tired of running one or two miles to get our exchange. So what I'm looking forward to is, you know, more back to normal and a continuation of, of last year's success. I mean, they, I think they figured out that whole, uh, you know, whatever, whatever that spreadsheet is that they use because <laughs> a spreadsheet is always involved. There's always a spreadsheet that's to, to blame. Um, but just a smooth course where you have, you don't have log jams and you don't have long lines at porta potties and you have PBR and you have only hot dogs and burgers. I mean, God, this is, it's, it's great, isn't it? I have to concur with that because at first I was like, oh my God, this, we had a three o'clock start time last year, 3 a.m. And I thought it was crazy to go that early. And I was certain that they weren't going to do that again this Mm -hmm. year, but obviously they are, they have teams kicking off the mountain at like two 30 in the morning. And I, I, I agree. I think that's one of the smartest thing that they've done is to, to lengthen out the, the, the course, give the teams that, that gap in their runs and, you know, make sure things just don't get backed up. They're going to by nature. And the, the more that you can mitigate that, the better. The one thing I don't like about it, and it's worth giving up, kind of, is that, you know, when you do this for 10 or 20 years, whatever, you, you get to know people. You don't maybe know them personally, or you don't know their social security number, their bank card number, but you, you see them every year, you see the same teams. And because of that divide of the early morning starts and the afternoon starts, you know, there's, there's people that you will never see. You won't see them on the course. You won't see them at the finish line, because by the time you show up, they, they're, already, they're already heading back to wherever they came from. And, yeah. you know, so, so like for Hood to Coast 100 Centurions, uh, we normally got together at, you know, 4, 4.35 in the beer garden to get warmed up for the, you know, the announcement of the, of the, new, the new crop. And now, you know, probably half of those guys are going to be home in bed, uh, putting Band-Aids on their blisters and their hurt feelings uh, from something that somebody <laughs> said in the van. You know, there's something, always something that said in the van, but... Uh, that's the part I do miss. I mean, I, I, there's just, there's just people you've just known for so long. There's community that you miss, but if you get to run a race, it doesn't have, you know, a two mile backup to the exchange. You know, that's, that's, I don't miss those days. Bill can't thank you enough. Super fun. We're going to have to have you back on the podcast just to talk about the beer mile and, and you know, probably <laughs> training techniques. So, um, haven't we been talking about anybody out there who hasn't, (laughs) we have, yeah. For anybody that (laughs) hasn't run hood to coast, uh, and, uh, what is your one pitch that this is definitely something they got to do before they die? Choose your van wisely. It's the other five people in the van. That is it. (laughs) You know what? Even if you, if it's a slow guy with one leg and and the other one's other foot's broken, it's okay if it's if it's a good good guy, good gal, that's the team you want to be on. It's all about community in the van. You know, and also if you have community in the van, it, it's easier to hate the other van, you know, cuz those guys are a bunch of hosers. Yeah. But uh I'll tell you, you know, <laughs> that they it's funny, are. When, when I vet the Hood to Coast 100 leg guys, I always ask them, you know, I, I are you legitimate? You know, tell me about Pacific City and you know, legitimize yourself. But I always ask them, what are your traditions? And the good teams, they have good people and vans and they do traditions and they hang out before the race, during the race and after the race. And, you know, that's running. That's my advice. Pick your people wisely. Good people. Make it about family. Well, I, I couldn't agree more. 
and uh, we will definitely have a follow-up here very soon so that we can talk about this most recent year and uh, how awesome 2022 is. And uh, if you don't, would love to talk with you about running the uh, one days and, and kind of hanging out on some of those as well and just uh, getting more time together. I'd love to actually sit down and finish a beer with you. <laughs> finish mini beers. Yes. <laughs> it's been a huge pleasure. Thanks, guys, for inviting me on board. Love your podcast. If you guys didn't like Bill, you're listening to the wrong podcast. When he says that the most important thing about Hood to Coast is the van, 100% he's absolutely right. Everything about that race that makes it uh, great or makes it a horrible experience are the five people that you have in your van and how you, you make your trail from, from one end to the other. And if one of those people's Bill, you are guaranteed to have a good fucking time. There's no doubt I would run in any van with that man. That'd be awesome. I can't believe he hasn't ran every single leg. I know a hundred times he's like, yeah, mostly just leg two and four. I, I barely even ran, ran van two. I don't even know it. Yeah. That's Although, uh, so that's one, th- here's one thing is that if anybody was just going to do the same thing over and over on repeat, I would think it would be the man that has the same sandwich and Campbell's soup for lunch every day. <laughs> who, who, who you? Who are you talking about there? You're talking about me? I am talking about you. That is, uh, that's a fair, fair <laughs> expectation. I, I can't fault you for going to get into that conclusion up front. It's a good reason for that. And I have to tell you, my second year, I wanted to run, my first year, I didn't run Lake 5 as fast as I wanted. So my second okay. year, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it again. And I was, yeah. I was signed up to be Lake 5. And, um, well, what was, it? what was it? the reason why I didn't do that very well? Oh, that's right. I had blood clots in my lungs. <laughs> so I might have been a little hindered. So, so instead. Said I ran leg six. Yeah. So instead of just not running, which is what you should have not done, you decided to just run an easier set of legs. I didn't know at a time. It was like your hernia. It was oh, just. Oh, okay. I, I found out afterwards <laughs> while we were fishing with our dads. Anyway, so I didn't run. Uh, leg five, I had to, I just was like, I, I can't do this. It's going to crush me. So I ran leg six instead. And that was probably, uh, interestingly enough, the best decision that could have happened to me because that's when I was like, oh shit, I want to run all of these. I don't want to just try and run the same one every single time. And, uh, I think if I'd ran leg five again, I might've locked myself in, in a way that I, I wouldn't be happy right now. I can't wait to finish all 12 legs. It's so cool. So a couple things. A, that's awesome. B, I'm glad you didn't die from blood clots in your lungs running Lake Six. And C, to all the listeners out there, notice that Nicholas did not deny that he still is eating the same fucking sandwich and, and can of Campbell soup for lunch every day. Okay, well, I don't have the soup, but... Um, well, yeah, only I because have. you don't have a way to heat it. If you had a way to heat it, you would still be eating it. Um, I've kind of gone away. It's a little too processed. <laughs> okay. So I've stepped back somewhat. Um, but yeah, do I eat the same thing for lunch and breakfast every single day? Yes, of course. Yeah, of course. How else do you stay healthy? Of course I do. I have a yeah. half a sandwich for lunch. That's what you yeah. have. That that saying variety is the spice of life is not part of Nicholas's repertoire. I get a different type of cheese every now and again. <laughs> just, just mix it up. 
I'll get a slightly different IPA than the one I got last time. Uh, I do mix up my IPAs, I will say that. I will I will actually say it's actually more of a uh, matter of convenience of just not even having to think about it. Just okay, whatever. I just made a sandwich. I don't I don't just I just want to be done. It's the Steve Jobs approach. It is it, wear the yeah. same thing cuz it's easy and you don't have to think about it. I don't I don't, I don't want to think about it. Exactly. Well, uh, and, and to that end, I can appreciate that Bill is like, listen, I know leg four better than anybody. I've ran it when it wasn't even leg four, when it was something else. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And also the idea of having a, a van that is the same. I mean, our, our people rotate because of the, you know, we have all of us want to run different legs. There's six of us that are trying to run the entire course. And so. We're going to be moving around from van to van as that happens. And the idea of having a van and a person that runs that leg and year in and year out, that's what you do. Uh, there's an appeal to that to me. I, I, I can appreciate that. I, that, that, that just ongoing every year. That's what you're, you're, you're gearing up towards. It's uh it's kind of cool. Well, we can't thank Bill enough for coming on. As you could tell, he was a blast to have on. We're going to love having him back on again, and we're going to love seeing him out on the course. And look forward to next week when you hear all about Hood to Coast and see if anybody died on the route. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Old Crazy Runners. Take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and tell all your friends how much you love listening in. And be sure to go by Strava and join the Old Crazy Runners Podcast Run Club because that's where all us old crazies hang out and that's where we encourage each other to keep getting out there, keep putting in the miles, and keep being old crazy runners.